Welcome to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Smith. Some people call me Mr. Blue. Either way, I'm looking to be your spiritual muse. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars above in your eyes. A fantabulous night to make mindfulness neat the cover of Oscar night skies. Hi, soul sibling. Welcome back. If you're listening in real time, it is Academy Awards Sunday. And yes, I'm not watching the awards. I'm recording a podcast just for you. So let's dive into this episode's pee-pee. This episode's podcast poem is by David White, and the poem title is My Daughter Asleep. The reason why I'm really connected to this poem right now, when I was visiting New York City and spending time with Harvey Rose Cates, my goddess daughter, I got to spend a good two and a half weeks being with her. And the very last day before I flew to the airport, I was able to put her down for a nap and feed her her bottle. And my heart is just exploding open for this little girl. I cried a few tears just knowing that I wouldn't see her again and be with her every day. But that last week I was walking through New York City and I was listening to David White and he read this poem and it was so meaningful. I love it when poem art synchronizes with what's happening. And it's so like that for me often right now. And I definitely keep my attention on that because it's like the more I focus on that and that I'm grateful for it and I take the lesson and the inspiration, it creates such meaningful, um, kind of synchronicity. So here's my daughter asleep. Carrying a child, I carry a bundle of sleeping future appearances. I carry my daughter adrift on my shoulder, dreaming her slender dreams, and I carry her beneath the window, watching her moonlit palm open and close, like a tiny folded map each line a path that leads where I can't go, so that I read her palm not knowing what I read, and walk with her in moonlight on the landing, not knowing with whom I walk, making invisible prayers to go on with her where I can't go, conversing with so many unknowns that must know her more intimately than I do. And so to these unspoken shadows and this broad night, I make a quiet request to the great parental darkness to hold her when I cannot, to comfort her when I am gone, to help her learn to love the unknown for itself, to take it gladly like a lantern for the way before her, to help her see where ordinary light will not help her, where happiness has fled, where faith will not reach. My prayer tonight for the great and hidden symmetries of life to reward this faith I have and twin her passages of loneliness with friendship, her exiles with homecoming, her first awkward steps with promised onward leaps. May she find in all this day or night the beautiful centrality of pure opposites, May she discover before she grows old 
not to choose so easily between past and present. May she find in one or the other her gifts acknowledged. And so, as I helped to name her, I help to name these powers. I bring to life what is needed. I invoke the help she'll want, following those moonlit lines into a future uncradled by me, but parented by all I call. As she grows away from me, may these lifelines grow with her, keep her safe, so with my open palm whose lines have run before her to make a safer way, I hold her smooth cheek and bless her this night into all these other unknown nights to come. That is so good. I really loved reading that aloud to you. So if you want a little more Harvey Rose magic, I did recently publish to my Instagram account to Alexander IGTV video episodes of Harvey Rose and her papa Kenny and I at the library doing singing time. There's about 10 minutes of video footage, super cute with Harvey Rose. And then I did another episode where I talked a little bit about what I'm learning about gay families and how to talk about their family, for example, a two dad family as opposed to other items or descriptions. And I talk about that and then I share a video that Jay, my bestie, actually put together for Harvey Rose's first birthday. So you can head over to Instagram, my account, it's Viral Mindfulness, and I post there pretty regularly. It's a fun account, so you're welcome to join me there. Today, I had all these ideas planned and I'm going to just actually stay with what's happening this Sunday afternoon. It's raining in Southern California. Often when it rains now, I listen to Philip Glass. It's my new rain soundtrack. And I just opened up my notes on my phone where I keep notes for different items, including podcast episodes. And I read this prayer. So a couple episodes back, I did a podcast episode about what if we were to write a prayer big enough to carry us for the rest of our lives? And this was a suggestion by John O'Donohue. And so I'm working on it. And my friend Vanessa, who lives in Portland, is also working on it. We spent the weekend together last weekend. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. She's also working on her prayer. And part of this is not coming up with all of the prayer right now, but taking the time to actually let the prayer find us, to find the words, the metaphors, and then to memorize it at some point once we have it, and to recite it and to sing it from the mountaintops and from the desert floors as you continue to live on earth. We think it's pretty amazing. So one of the items that's in part of my prayer, this is the note I found, may my soul comfort the aloneness I'm prone to. So one of the things that I struggle with is, and I always have, that I'm going to be alone. I'm never going to have 
a wife or a husband. I remember being a teenager and really obsessing about this. And it's interesting too, because I am 47 this year, this summer, and I am single. And in the last year, I've really decided to focus on this soul partnership because I learned from John O'Donohue that our soul resides within our body area and it's actually extended past our being by several feet. And so if you really think about it, he was suggesting you're never really alone if you could draw from your soul. And this really hit a chord for me and I decided to embrace it. And so here's the next line I wrote. May I embrace a soul partnership with a willingness to pass on an inheritance of mindfulness and presence, fully present, continually, never exiting, here, wide open to life, amazement, great sense of humor. So that's what I'm choosing to do. Uh, If you want more details about that podcast episode, you can actually go to... All right, and here's the third oh, one. Sorry, I'm on my phone and I'm actually giving you the the podcast episode to find. And while we're talking about that, did you know that my podcast is on iTunes? And I would love it if you went to your app, if you're an iPhone user, and if you subscribed, because one of the benefits of subscribing when you hit that little button is that when I publish live, it, it shows up right in your queue. And I'm going to start doing um, episodes that are a little bit shorter with guided meditations. And I figured I'd put them in the podcast. And so the only way you'll know about it is if you're subscribed. And you're welcome to leave me a review. So the episode that you're going to look for to find this suggestion, a prayer big enough, is on December 29th. December 29th, 2019. It's called A Prayer Big Enough for the New Decade. And that's episode 113. You can also find it at viralmindfulness.com forward slash 113. So let's dive into today's episode. I wanted to talk a little bit about the last 15 minutes of an hour in the infrared sauna. So this is a funny story. This goes to my time last weekend in Portland where I was visiting my friend, my soul sister, Vanessa. And she lives in Portland and has an amazing infrared sauna down in her garage. And so when she told me about the setup and showed me how to do it and that she sits for an hour, I'm like, yeah, of course, I'm going to sit for an hour. I can do this. (laughs) And I'm used to sitting, I'm used to sitting in heat and steam rooms and saunas and hot water. So it's part of my practice. So I go into this, the sauna, I'm in there alone, I'm in the dark. And, you know, it's, it's like meditation practice for me and the heat starts coming, I'm sweating, it's uncomfortable, and I just stay with it. And the first time I took my sauna session, the first day, I was there for four days. The first day, I didn't have a timer. So I just assumed that I would go until I couldn't go any longer. And I kind of thought I could figure out an hour in my wavelength. Well, come to find out, I was really close to an hour. And I experienced a phenomenon that Vanessa confirmed when I finished. At about 45 minutes... 
it's hard to breathe. My breathing gets shallow. I put my fingers up to my neck to grab my poles and my heart was racing and I started to feel like panicky, like, oh my gosh, am I going to die in here? And not to mention just, I want to get out, get me out of here. I do not want to do this anymore. And then just crazy town, feelings in the body and the thoughts. And she confirmed the last 15 minutes. She's like, it's the weirdest thing. She goes, the last 15 minutes of an hour are so difficult. So then I was asking, well, who does who does an hour? Do other people report? She's like, no one does an hour. She's like, nobody likes to do it. And they don't like to do it an hour. So few people that she's connected with in proximity, their children, partner, like family, they don't do it that long. So of course, I felt really special because Vanessa and I love to do things with purpose and intention and we are on point for living the practice of life so day two day two I set the timer my phone outside of the sauna and I knew what was coming so at some point which felt like around 45 minutes I started to notice that same sensation of course now it's in my brain that this is what's going to happen in the last 15 minutes so this time I decided to sing and to keep breathing but to sing and I was singing this song that I have written it's um, kind of a spiritual ceremony it's actually a song that came to me in ceremony in 2010 when I was with a shaman and I was eating ayahuasca and it's something I just like found me and I shared in circle from my improvisation and my performance and my heart. It was like a prayer. And Vanessa was there for this ceremony. And that's when we first met. <laughs> and so later, later, eight hours later, after the ceremony has wound down and we're in a more like social setting, we're having soup and feeding our bodies. Vanessa comes up to me and she's like, who are you? What is that song you sing? So she's all thinking that this is some like important, you know, thing I've memorized. It's a ceremony song. And I'm like, I don't know. I just made it up. She's like, you just made it up? I'm like, yeah, that was the beginning of our friendship. And she said, we will be friends. Anyone who can do that on the spot, we are friends. So I've continually returned to this song. And when I was doing yoga retreats in Joshua, I would often sing this song in the morning, early a.m. to wake up the yoga participants who were part of this retreat. And I would sing from the rocks, very still and quiet with my singing bowl and chimes. And so this last 15 minutes on day two in the infrared sauna in the basement of Vanessa's townhome in Portland I'm like in it and I'm like okay the only way I will survive is if I just stay with the next part what is the next part of this song so I I totally came up with part two and part three of this song and I added to it and it was so cool so then day two I'm like okay great the last 15 minutes are good for you know creating something new focusing on Something besides the insanity, the heat, the heart rate, the discomfort. 
And of course, always coming back to the breath, but it's really hard when your breath is, when I, my breath is shallow in those last 15 minutes. Okay, so now day three, day three in the infrared sauna. So I've got my timer set and I get a text message at my phone and I was going out. Well, by that point, the phone had texted and interrupted and now I had to go out and get fresh air from the sauna and see the text because what if it was important? That was a fun excuse to get out of the heat for a minute. Well, it was Vanessa texting me that her daughters were going to be there. It was Sunday evening. We were actually meeting them for dinner. They didn't know I was in town. I was going to surprise them. They were on their way to the house from the airport. They were coming early. So it interrupted my hour. And so then I had to make a decision. Do I stay in here or do I run upstairs to get ready to to surprise them? And of course, I'm ditching the 15 minutes. I had a way out. I took it. I did not do the last 15 minutes on day three. Okay, so let's bring this story home. Day four, one hour. I'm like, okay, let's not be dramatic about this. Let's just keep practicing and just stay as still and as present and be patient and compassionate with the discomfort in the last 15 minutes. So I did that. I decided to try and practice what I do in sitting meditation. And what was really interesting, what I figured out in those last 15 minutes this fourth day was, what if I just focus on someone else? What if I do meta practice in those last 15 minutes where I practice compassion training and I think of someone else that I'm connected to who is in the fire, who is in the heat of their life right now and just keep breathing and practice what I often do, the meta practice, which is, you know, compassion training For example, in those last 15 minutes, I'm staying with my breath and I'm consistently bringing into my awareness one particular person from my life that I had identified who was in the heat and struggling in their life. And I consistently brought their presence, their, their image into my awareness and I would practice using these statements, may you be happy, may you be at peace, may you be free from suffering, may you be at ease may you be hopeful. And so that last 15 minutes was totally different. So of course, I shared with Vanessa, okay, here's the pro tip to make those last 15 minutes really, really a lot easier is if you give those, if you give those 15 minutes away, if I contribute and focus my attention on someone else, right? Good lesson. So in the heat of your life, in those last 15 minutes, what if you were to focus on others? What if you were to focus on how can I contribute? What can I contribute? So today's suggestion, when life is in full force, when things are hard, when you're in the heat, the fire, if it's depression, sadness, stress, anxiety, grief, whatever is going on with you or someone close to you, there are ways to focus your attention on other aspects. And I thought it was so interesting how in that little metaphor of the infrared sauna, I found that working on creating something, focusing my attention on creating verse two and three to a song, 
that is such an interesting place to channel your attention, your time, your presence, your focus when things are hard. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do, but it's, I get it. It's really easy for me when I'm having a hard time to distract myself, to want to entertain myself. That's what I've been noticing lately is I'm not feeling great. I'm feeling the heat, the fire, and I just want to be entertained and I want to eat yummy food and chocolate and sugar while I entertain myself. (laughs) And then the other strategy is when the heat is on, the last 15 minutes that are the hardest, what if you were to focus on someone else? Contribute contributions, focus on someone else who's having a difficult time. So I wanted to throw this your way for a mindfulness idea. I hope you have a fantastic week. And the next episode that's coming your way is going to be all about a really interesting concept that I've been thinking a lot about, which is our beliefs, what we believe, what we think we believe, what we know, want to know, versus our willingness to practice, to be in a state of practice. So coming next time on Viral Mindfulness, the podcast, I'll see you soon, my soul sibling.